We passionately believe the future of asset management is this kind of circular marketplace behaviour, either within an organisation or through connected organisations. And we really, really believe that. Like We're betting the house on it, right? We think that this is where it's going to head. And it's our job as an organisation to, to set ourselves up so that when all the companies around Aotearoa are really starting to switch into that mindset, we're there right there to help them. Welcome along to the Asset Guardian podcast, where we explore the discipline of asset management throughout New Zealand and speak with industry leaders to learn more about the innovation and challenges in today's evolving world of technology, infrastructure and regulation. My name is Josh Pope, and I'll be your guide on this journey into the world of kaitiakirawa and asset management. Welcome along to the next episode of the Asset Guardian podcast. Uh, It's my pleasure to welcome uh, Ben Redwood on the show today. Uh, Ben is passionate about tech, innovation, sustainability, and the circular economy. Uh, Ben is a co-founder of Mutu, which is a Kiwi-owned startup aiming to reduce the waste businesses sent to landfill. Uh, Ben's career spans across many fields, and he's worked abroad in Australia as a market development engineer and spent some time in the Netherlands working for uh, 3D Hubs as technical marketing manager, director of uh, supply chain and customer success, and director of sales. Uh, More recently, uh, he's worked in New Zealand for Sidekicker as head of growth and also as commercial director. Uh, Ben brings innovation to asset management, and I'm excited to have him on the show today. Kia ora, Ben, and welcome along. Kia ora, Josh. Uh, tēnā koutou katoa to all of your listeners. Uh, ko ao ben, toko ingoa. Um, I am the CEO and co-founder of Mutu, and uh, you're really excited to be here, mate. Thanks for the opportunity to chat uh, about asset management and what we think the future is going to look like. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I'm excited to explore sort of who Mutu is and um, how they sort of, sort of can help in the asset management space. But uh, maybe do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about um, your current role and, and maybe who Mutu, Mutu is? Yeah, of course. So um, at Mutu, we passionately believe that the future of asset management is circular um, and it's going to rely heavily on circular economy practices. Um, and the, the main driver there is sustainability and being much more... Um, conscious about how we use assets within an organization and how we dispose of them. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder here at Mutu. I uh, joined about nine months ago um, and Mutu is quite interesting. We've had an interesting journey. So the company itself is about three years old. Um, We originally started as a peer-to-peer marketplace, essentially trade me for renting things. And uh, my co-founder Toby noticed that uh, there were a lot of garages of him and his friends filling up with uh, new hobbies they were taking up, mountain bikes, scuba gear, skis, all these types of things. Um, and being a sustainably minded guy, he thought there's got to be a smarter way to do this. Can I uh, come up with something that drives down this hyper consumerism? So um, the Mutu platform was launched and the goal was that if you've got something in your garage you wanted to make some money on that you weren't using, you could list it on the platform um, and then your neighbours could borrow it. Me, myself, personally, being a first-time buyer, I am a DIY tragic, right? And so I'm down at Bunnings every weekend um, buying some new tools or getting some new equipment. Uh, When I discovered Mutu, this changed the game for me. I could uh, pop down the road and get a chainsaw without having to buy one, talk to the person who who put it on Mutu, get some instructions about how it worked, and um, then take it home, use it, and I'd make a little bit of coin off it at the same time. Um, and we did everything. So fishing kayaks, tools, trailers, everything you could imagine was listed on there. And we had this really cool platform going. 
Um, then a couple of things happened. So number one was uh, COVID hit. And when you are building a peer-to-peer marketplace that depends heavily on humans interacting with one another, that becomes very difficult when you've got lockdowns in the middle of a pandemic. So we had to uh, kind of confront what, what did the future look like for Motu there. But around the same time, we also got approached by a couple of businesses, corporate businesses who said, well, we've got a lot of stuff in our garage, right? And we're looking for software solutions to help us manage this in, in a smarter way. And it wasn't something we'd originally thought about at Mutu, but when we did some back of the envelope calculations, it became very clear that the uh, environmental impact that we could have by going after the corporate side of Aotearoa as opposed to just the average Kiwi garage um, was magnitudes bigger. So we did the classic startup pivot um, and trialed the, our new B2B offering. We quickly whipped up a uh, uh, MVP product that we could check with some of our customers to see if it worked. Um, and since then, we've just been uh, kind of working and talking with organizations all around the country to see um, how they can use this and, and where it fits in. Our, um, our core market to date has been uh, universities, city councils, and um, electrical distribution companies, which is how I have the pleasure of knowing Josh. Um, and yeah, in those spaces, they're very asset rich, um, and they're also very sustainably minded. So how can they be smarter about managing things and, and disposing of things? And that's the core problem that our platform tries to solve. Fantastic. That sounds great. I mean, it, definitely you can see the linkages there straight away through to asset management and how that can um, sort of benefit businesses. And uh, we will dive into that a little bit later on, but um, just for the first part of the podcast, I'd like to introduce my guests and sort of get to know them a wee bit more on a personal level. And uh, obviously, you're quite passionate about uh, startups and uh, sustainability and the circular economy. Um, if you w- weren't doing your current role, was there any other passions you would follow or like to follow? Um I, I'm, so I'm a mechanical engineer in a past life, so I'm pretty passionate about that side of things. Dream job would be uh, like Lego uh, model designer. That would be something I would love to do. I, I've got nice. two kids, so I absolutely love um, getting the Lego out on the floor on the weekend and, and ripping into that together. So um, something around that, I, I've always enjoy, enjoyed design and mechanical side of things. I love watches um, as well. So maybe a watchmaker as well would have been a pretty cool path to pursue. I've got a friend who's one of those and he loves his job. Um, so yeah, very different from where I'm at now. But uh, I mean, what what's the fundamental aspect of mechanical engineering? It's problem solving, right? And um, and that's what led me into tech originally. Um, and while I have, I've worked in manufacturing uh, startups, um, recruitment startups, now I'm in an asset management startup. Um, the consistent thing along all of these has been that I love kind of solving the problem that faces these industries and, and coming in with a tech solution that makes people's lives easier and, and can have an impact. Um, and so, yeah, I think I uh, still have my connections to, to engineering uh, on the kind of the data and spreadsheet side of things. I'm a real data tragic. Uh, so every one of our customers knows I'm always hassling them about data and all the data points that come through our platform. Um so in that aspect, I, um, I'm pretty happy where I am. I, I love my job at the moment. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, one engineer to another, I can definitely relate there in terms of the uh, problem solving thing. As long as I've got a problem to solve, I'm, I'm pretty happy. It's sort of it, generally everything uh, purpose related ends up tying back to just simply problem solving. So yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I nice. I, uh, I completely agree. Um, when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? You know, was it along the same lines, sort of Lego master? 
And Formula One car designer was uh, was something that kind of dragged me into mechanical engineering. I've always found that uh, side of things uh, really fascinating, except I quickly learned that I hate aerodynamics uh, when it comes to that side of engineering. So um, I got out of that pretty quickly. But no, I, I was always fascinated with kind of the mechanical world and, and those type of things. So that's what took me down that path. Yeah, nice. Nice. That's really cool. Hey, um, so in terms of uh, asset management, then, what do you see uh, as being some of the biggest challenges uh, now and uh, for the future in the asset management space? Yeah, great. So th- this is exactly why we think Mutu exists. So there are two challenges that we see in the industry. Um, the first one is accessibility, right? So traditional asset management and tradi- traditional asset management tools Um don't have a great reputation for being user friendly. Um, they're usually not that transparent across the organization or accessible. They're usually pretty expensive as well. So we see a real opportunity to make um, just general asset management software much more accessible for the average employee. And if you think about uh, what an asset register or asset management tools do and why they exist, they should probably be something that's accessible for everyone in a company, right? You want to be able to see what your company owns um, and see what exists so you can actually make smart decisions around procurement or disposal. Um, And that's where we see there being a real niche. And then tech companies, one thing we're really good at is making easy to use software. So taking a lot of the functionality that exists in traditional asset management tools or software um, and making that really easy for people to use and really intuitive. So um, you're not constantly needing to train people up. And then the other thing we think is um, a big opportunity on the software side is letting everyone in an organization have a license rather than just restricting it to a, to a handful of people. So everyone can log in and browse and, and easily see what exists there. The, the other side of asset management there that we think that where the future lies is around sustainability. And this is the part that we're really the most passionate about. So there are there are going to be two core drivers in that space. One is going to be procurement and sustainable procurement. And what's that going to look like in the future? How, what's the most sustainable type of procurement? Not procuring at all. So can we use asset management tools to um, to avoid procuring and actually connect um, businesses or teams within businesses to, um, to have access to things that are no longer needed? Um, and then on the other side of that, the, the disposal of assets. So when something is no longer acquired, um, it's very, very easy to just throw it away into the skip or, or get rid of it or, or send it to the scrap heap. Um, if it still has value, can platforms like Mutu um, make it so that the, you can locate people who would want that um, to avoid it being disposed of and and so they continue to get reuse out of it? And, and that's really the two core reasons that we exist as a company. One, to make that whole asset management software piece much easier to use and much more user-friendly and much more accessible. And two, to drive sustainable asset management um, processes and workflows within your organization. Um, And then we kind of connect all of that into a really cool reporting side of our business where we capture all the data around assets that exist and how they move through an organization. So we can report on things like um, saved capital expenditure through reuse or CO2 emissions avoided by not sending things to landfill. Um, And just these critical metrics that our customers are telling us they want a little bit more insight when they're managing their assets on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of those challenges for asset management. That's definitely uh, those 
those things around um, access to data and, and sort of visibility of the data, uh, you know, things I experience as challenges just about every day. And then, you know, the, the whole, um, <laughs> the reuse and the sustainability side of things is definitely a, a huge focus on that as well. And then, like you say, you know, fixing the problem is, is one part of it, but reporting on it is, you know, the other part. And so that's critical that you're able to you know, measure um, results and sort of what good looks like and at least create a baseline for, for where you are as a business. So I did read actually on your website that, um, uh, you know, 70% of businesses that you'd surveyed uh, said they throw away assets that still have value, which is, you know, that's, that's a crazy, crazy, you know, high number, right? So, you know, why do you think that is? Why do you think businesses sort of throw away assets that still have value? Because it's easy and um, it's actually like the cheapest option. Um, a lot of what we're asking our customers to do is not the easy or cheap thing to do right now, but it's the right thing to do in the future. And um, listening to Tracy, who had on your podcast uh, recently as well, I can see that's a mantra that she really goes by from the asset management side of things as well. Um, yeah, so for us, it, it's really about what are the incentives that exist within industry to try and solve those type of problems? And, and that's a barrier we've come up against. Sustainability, while it's definitely something that we're seeing become more relevant with the organisations we're working with, it's still not top of the priority list. Um, and so when we join, when we bring an organisation onto the Mutu platform, our one of the core things we try and do is, okay, once we've created a, an inventory or register of your assets and people are starting to use the Mutu platform to manage them, what incentives can we bring in um, to really accelerate that and, and really make it sticky within the business so that people are it becomes a core part of their workflow and sustainability and the sustainability goals are one of those incentives that we're starting to see become more common now as businesses set up their climate plans as they associate reductions in carbon as they want to see what the impact their procurement or disposal is having um, a core part of that is actually the assets themselves and so we're tying metrics um, let's say company a we're working with wants to reduce its waste to landfill um, from 50,000 tons to 40,000 tons over the next 12 months we'll come in and work with them to see what percentage of that 10 10,000 ton reduction could Mutu actually contribute to on the asset side of things um, and and set goals around that as we work together. So there's definitely um, definitely a change. It's certainly not happening as quickly as we'd hoped, uh, as quickly as the planet had hoped. Um, but yeah, I, pretty much every single company we engage with now um, on the asset management side of things either has a sustainability team or at least a sustainability representative within their organization. And that's usually our pathway in to really find where we can have some impact. Yeah, yeah. And with you know, with businesses, is the because I guess you're spread across you know a few different um, organisations and probably even industries as well. And you have, you know, are you starting to recognise patterns for where these commonalities, you know, in terms of challenges exist with across industries, across organisations? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like the the bigger one is the the expensive assets get a lot of attention. Um, and as you work your way down the the value of the asset, then uh, it's, it gets less and less. Yet cumulatively, a lot of those smaller assets can weigh up to a lot of time management and actually a significant cost if they're not looked after properly. So that's that's the space where we're coming in and playing a little bit more um, assets under that 10,000, 5,000 kind of mark. Um, in universities, we focus a lot on furniture with the construction companies we work with. We look focus a lot with with tools and calibration equipment and those type of things where um, they're disappearing every now and again and not coming back. 
uh, and then that results in uh, them being bought again or hired, um, which is a cost to the business. And so how can we just get a bit of grasp on where those items are and where they're disappearing to and bringing them back? So, yeah, in that sense, um, that, that seems to be the space where we're having the most success with the University of Canterbury. We're looking to work on their um, around utilisation of their science equipment. So who's booking time on what and how, how are they using it and where does future funding need to go and these types of things. So, um, yeah, we're very much trying to find our place in the world at the moment, but it's quite clear to us that the the bigger, really high-value assets, that the systems that exist in place for those are actually quite good, but we see an opportunity to really capture uh, the ones that fall down the fall through the cracks where there's actually a high volume of them, but they're, um, they're not actually worth that much value. Yeah, and uh, there was a couple of terms which I sort of just learned uh, today <laughs> about ghost assets and zombie assets, uh, and it's sort of referring back to those disappearing sort of hidden assets you were talking about. Would you be able to maybe explain or elaborate on the difference between those two? Yeah, definitely. So MYOB did a fascinating study a little while ago where they um, they found that 15 to 30% of fixed assets uh, are ghost assets within organisations in um, Australasia. And these are assets that are visible on the books but cannot be located physically. Um, and so if somebody goes away and purchases them and then nobody knows where they end up. Um, on the other end of this is what we call zombie assets, and these are assets that have just appeared in a company, but they're not on the books and nobody actually knows where they came from. So, yeah, our, our big goal when we first start working with the organisation is to go through and just get a grasp of what they actually have, go through a bit of kind of an asset sweep process where we build up a build up a register so they can understand what are the things they owned. I've climbed through some pretty dodgy storage containers and found myself in the back of storage warehouses that look like an episode out of Indiana Jones, um, documenting all these kind of things and bringing to the front. And when, when we list items on the Mutu platform, we set expiry dates on the listings as well. So that lets the uh, the asset managers understand, okay, well, we've kept, I'm going to set the expiry for 12 months on this. And if nobody's claimed it or there's been no use of it at all, then I can make a decision about whether I want to dispose of it um, and actually help to start clearing out and increasing the capacity within those storage spaces. So, um, yeah, the, the, one of the most common phrases that's uh, said to me at the moment is, I didn't even know we had that. Um, and that's always a really cool aha moment for us because it means that we're getting into parts of the business that no one's really looked at. And that's where we see there's a big opportunity. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, the impact I think um, Mutu uh, is having at the moment and, and the potential for it to have across, you know, many different industries. I, I even remember when I was um, uh, you know, a long time ago in another life as, as an electrician, you know, the same sort of deal, right? You'd be uh, crawling through the back of a workshop somewhere and you go, oh my gosh, I didn't even know we had all of these things here, you know, and that's stuff that people haven't picked up or used for the last two years, you know, and yet the the guy you're working with just went out and bought a brand new version of that, you know, so it was yeah. <laughs> such, such really a good example. Problem. And that, that's yeah. a great, like what we call aha moment for us, where you get the kind of, you find people within the team who really get excited about finding those type of things. And we really try and identify them within a business, uh, the, the, those type of personalities, because Businesses also have on the other side the hoarders, right? The guys who are or girls who are constantly putting things away for a rainy day. 
um, that they think they might need. Maybe it'll come up on another project or another job. It's tucked in the back of their ute or hidden under their desk or um, uh, kind of put away in the corner of an office somewhere. Um, and again, those are the items that we're really trying to identify to uh, to see, okay, well, how can we get reuse internally within these organisations for that type of stuff um, and then report on it so we can actually make sure that it's having an impact uh, either financially or from a climate point of view as well. Yeah, yeah. So how can people get involved with MUTU or organisations yeah, so involved with MUTU? Yeah, good question. So right now we're we're actively looking for more customers to come and join us and, and we can learn off and work with. Um, we kind of have a, our sweet spot of customer right now is really organizations that don't have an existing inventory or asset management piece of software. So maybe they're solving this problem on spreadsheets or um, or Daryl and the asset management team just knows where everything is, right? And if he ever leaves, the whole place is going to fall apart. Um, that's kind of where we see our, our, our big opportunity to come in and, and improve that process and give some visibility there. Um, there has to be an opportunity for reuse within the organization to be a good fit for us. So we need to be dealing with assets that aren't consumables, right? Or that just need to be disposed of. We want assets where they're maybe leaving a centralized location to go out and do a job and then they need to come back or they're traveling to multiple sites. Um, and that's where our kind of platform really takes off when, when we hit those type of assets in terms of reuse. Again, furniture in a university is a really good example. They're exceptionally good at recycling and reusing furniture and it's a very circular behavior. Um, and our software's come in there and just made that process a whole lot more, uh, a whole lot simpler and also easier to report on so they can see the impact of that reuse. Um, we, we're really looking for people who are looking to use their assets more efficiently, so people that want to improve utilisation of the things they think they've got lying around and also understand how the things that they own are, are being utilised. Um, and, and the core one for us is that they're invested in making their business more sustainable, so looking for sustainable initiatives that they can bring in to, to impact their own climate plans. And because of that, if, if the businesses, if any of the businesses hit that, those kind of four or five key points, we're, we're industry agnostic, right? We're just trying to solve um, this problem across all the industries. But those are, those are really kind of the core four things that, um, that hit the sweet spot for us. So no existing software solution, have opportunities for reuse. Um, have a desire to increase the utilisation of the assets they have across their board um, and want to be more sustainable in the way they do it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so uh, for anyone wanting to get in contact with uh, Ben, they look best access through your website or even get a hold of Toby as well. Yeah, you just jump on to mutu.co.nz and we've got a big contact button on there and that'll um, pop up directly in my inbox and then you'll probably get a phone call from me within five minutes. Um, and, and like I said, we're really keen to just learn, um, see what pains exist with uh, with the industry out there and, and make sure that we're actually helping to solve them and having an impact with the customers that we work with. Nice, nice. Um, do you have any sort of favourite quotes or sayings that you'd sort of like to share with the audience that sort of help inspire uh <laughs> i mean i've i've always liked um yeah i've always liked the uh if i'd asked people what they wanted they would have said faster horses which has uh generally been attributed to henry ford whether that's correct or not um i don't know but i think that's the kind of mindset you have to take when you're trying to create a company like mutu and again i've done this with a few tech companies 
it, it's a little bit it, it's a mixture of getting feedback from the people you work with and the organizations you're involved with plus also wanting to push the boundaries of stuff that doesn't exist yet or where, where you think the future is going to go and i started the podcast by saying we passionately believe the future of asset management is this kind of circular marketplace behavior either within an organization or through connected organizations and we really really believe that like we're betting the house on it right we, we think that this is where it's going to head, head and it's our job as an organization to to set ourselves up so that when organ uh, companies around Aotearoa are really starting to switch into that mindset where they're right there to help them um, and whether that change comes via legislation um, or whether that change comes via the cost of disposal getting so high or whether it comes through um, sustainability reporting being mandatory within companies. Um, all these type of things are coming um, and we just want to be right there to help and support as soon as companies are, are ready to adopt. Nice, nice. Is there any sort of advice you'd give to businesses or organisations that you know are finding themselves you know, in this space where you know, they think they're kind of underutilizing the assets or things are just a bit of a mess and they're sort of not sure where to start. Yeah, no, I would say, first of all, reach out to us because we'll come in and we'll um, actually do a bit of a review of your current processes and give you some insights about what we think the return on investment could be by working with us and and taking a bit of an approach there to make sure that there is a problem that exists and we're really keen to solve it. Um, I think would be a good start. If you're looking for other sustainable initiatives like Motu, the Sustainable Business Network has a fantastic directory of companies that are available all throughout Aotearoa. Um, and you can just log on to there and search up what type of problem you're trying to solve, and they'll direct you to businesses all around the country that can help you solve that problem. Um, but yeah, also, I think it's really important. Like We're basing a lot of the our future aspirations on collaboration between businesses, right? So talk to each other, get out there and see if you've got similar problems and learn from each other. Collaborate because if, if and when the circular economy comes, um, that's going to be a critical part of that whole process being successful. Oh, that's awesome. That's so good. Thank you very much for being on the show today, Ben, and uh, really appreciate having you on. And um, yeah, I mean, look forward to working with you. Uh, on on different projects uh, in the future. Yeah, definitely, mate. Uh, I've really enjoyed watching the podcast grow and um, can't wait to see your success in the future. So thanks a lot for the support. Thanks, man. Catch you later.